Thank you so much, Mary and Doris, for getting us into that summertime mood this morning. And you know, it's a little warm in here today, and so we have the fans going. That's all to make it more summertime feeling for you. You're welcome. One of the things that was not quite intended as part of the summertime mood <clears throat> is how I sound. You, um, you may be imagining that I've been having voice lessons so that I can sound like Lauren Bacall, <laughs> but it's not true. I have a cold. Not just any cold, though. I have what's called a summer cold. I've always heard about those. You know, people talk about them. Oh, actually, someone asked me this morning when I came in, oh, do you have a summer cold? And I've never been exactly sure what they were, really, you know, how they were different from having just a regular cold. And now I know. (laughs) Summer colds are colds that you get when you really don't want to get a cold. (laughs) Because summertime is supposed to be special, you know. You aren't supposed to get a cold in the summertime. In the winter, it's okay. You're bundled up anyway. Another scarf, an extra blanket, that box of tissues that you clutch to your side as though it is your treasured item. That's fine in the wintertime. But in the summer, you know, you're supposed to be carefree, running around in a sundress and sipping iced tea. I realize it's possible not all of you may want to run around in a sundress in the summer. I just realized that might be sort of um, (coughs) gendering myself or something. What does it mean to you, though, summertime? Where did you go? I wonder. I'd love to hear from each one of you. Where did you go in your meditation this morning? Was it somewhere from your childhood or your own back porch Or was it an imagined summer place, you know, the ultimate in summerness that exists somewhere in some universe, but like the lost city of Atlantis is never quite found? I asked folks on Facebook a couple of weeks ago to send me poems or songs or readings that made them think of summer. And I had a number of responses, a couple of poems, which we'll get to later, but the vast majority of them were songs. This is the, oh, David, you're so nice. Thank you. Thank you. That might make this more comfortable for for me and you, actually, also to listen to. So mostly people posted songs on my Facebook request, songs that made them think of summertime. And so this is the audience participation portion of this platform. Are you ready? (laughs) Thank you, Carrie Sedman. First, there was Seals and Croft. So you have to sing with me. Perry, because he just said he was ready. (laughs) Summer breeze makes me feel fine, blowing through the jasmine of my mind. Right? Yeah? Yeah? Usually I sing it a little higher. Sorry about that. I'm a bass today. And then Mungo Jerry. Do you know this one? In the summertime when the weather is high, you can stretch right up and touch the sky when the weather is right. You've got women. You've got women on your mind. I didn't know that was the lyrics until I checked it. But that's what you have on your mind in the summertime. I can't do the rest of the verses because they're not really safe for platform. 
the drifters. Someone posted the drift, the drifters. Yeah, under the boardwalk, out of the sun, under the boardwalk. We'll be having some fun under the boardwalk. People walking above under the boardwalk. We'll be falling in love under the boardwalk. Boardwalk. You guys are really good at this. I remember listening to that song to Under the Boardwalk when I was a kid, and I, I remember thinking it was scandalous. It was a scandalous song that they were hidden away under the boardwalk. I don't, you know. I think they're just talking, probably. <laughs> Someone sent me a link to Will Smith, who at the time was known as the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, of course. I spoke to one, one West member, actually, who's here, so I'm really hoping that she's going to help me with this one. Will Smith did... I can't actually do the first part because it's the backup singers, and I don't really know, but anyway... <clears throat> Here it is, the groove slightly transformed, just a bit of a break from the norm, just a little something to break the monotony of all that hardcore dance that has gotten to be a little bit out of control. It's cool to dance. And what about the groove that soothes, that moves romance? Give me a soft, subtle mix. If it ain't broke, then don't try to fix it and think of the summers of the past. Adjust the bass and let the alpine blast. Pop in my CD and let me run a rhyme and put your car on cruise and lay back because this is summertime. Okay. Woo, I got the water after that one. For me, it's always the love and spoon fill in the summer. Hot town, summer in the city. Back of my neck, getting dirt and gritty. Bend down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. And then, you know, but a night, it's a different world. Go out and find a girl or a woman. I mean, I guess, the, I guess maybe the first one was more of a feminist song. I'm not sure. Here you find a, a girl. Summer, summer in the city. So... <clears throat> Aside from spending the last week basically watching YouTube clips of, uh, of songs about summertime, I tried to look for some of the themes in those words that you sent me, these songs that evoked summer for you. There's love, of course, women on your mind and, and girls. There's dancing and fun. There's certainly heat in a number of them. That's why you have to go under the boardwalk. I think it's too hot to be up on top of it. <laughs> That's what I'm telling myself, Carl. Thank you very much. <laughs> There's a sense of escape in so many of those songs. Not of running away, exactly. Not trying to get away from something. But of looking for something different. Something, as Will Smith says, to break the monotony. Summer holds that special place, I think, in our collective unconscious. Kind of left over from school when you had those blessed summers off. A break, a something different. Time for vacation and rest and getting away. I'll never forget the first time after college, I had a job that, you know, it kept on going in June. <laughs> it was the funniest thing. They expected me to come really, really all the time, you know? <laughs> Wes used to close down for the summer. And it's still a much quieter time for us, although we have platforms every Sunday and concerts, as Mary spoke about. And as much as we miss, you know, the bustle and the full rooms and all the children we have from September to June, there's something sweet, too, about the way we are together in the summer, being together in a more intimate way. So it's time now for the first of the poems that you all sent me. This one is one that I especially like 
It's called Summer Meditation, and it's from Robert Weston. It speaks, I think, to the separateness of summer. The idea of summer as something different, a moment of rest that we seek in our year, and what that rest can mean to us. So here it is, summer meditation. Now blows the wind with soft, relaxing warmth. The sun beats down, the schools are out, children swarm in the playgrounds and the streets, and eager city folk, vacation-bound, crowd the broad highways. The lakes and seashores lose their solitude, and all the world seems turned to carnival. What of ourselves? There could be now deep peace, a time for soul-searching. We might turn to examine our own lives, to sort and probe our tendencies of thought, to sift the true from false in the things of doubt, the beautiful from ugliness unmarked. The sun beats down. It is a time for pause. Even the trees seem resting for a time as if to meditate and gather strength for the more strenuous times that lie ahead. And shall not we? Here's the unfinished clay half-molded that still waits on us to think what we have been and as we are still yet have to become. To think what we have been and as we are still yet have to become. That's my favorite line, that last one. I have always thought of summer as a time to try different things. Right from the beginning of school days when you tried the thing in camp, you know, that you never got the chance to do during the year at school. Or the thing that you were scared of, swimming or theater or whatever it was for you. It's a time for different things here at West. We sometimes try different styles of platforms, different ways of being together. And in our own lives, too. And then the world offers us different things in the summer, you know, than it does during the rest of the year. It's one of the times when I love living in D.C. Because there are free summer things all over the place. Free concerts, free movies. Every year in May, I set out my plan for the summer. Every Friday night, I will go to jazz in the sculpture garden. We will mini-golf on the weekends and swim in the bay and take nature walks through Rock Creek Park. I will make it to every single one of the movies in front of the Capitol. Of course, I will go to the farmer's market every Saturday morning. That's a must. I will probably also go to the concerts, which are on Friday nights at the yards. That sounds mutually exclusive with jazz in the sculpture garden every Friday night, but I'm sure that I will find a way to make it all work because I have to pack it into my summer. You know, All of those things have to happen so my summer is as restful as possible. <laughs> So in May, I look ahead to those months, stretching out before me, endless practically, and all the ways I'll celebrate my summertime. And then I open my eyes, and it is the end of the first week of July, and it was too hot every single time I wanted to do one of those things. It was, it was too hot to go outside the house, actually. It just, it wasn't possible. Or we were too busy, but mostly it was too hot. And summer, basically, 
is practically over. That's another key thing, I think, about summer in our unconscious. It's fleeting nature. For me, it's what makes summertime a metaphor for life, although you know me, everything is a metaphor for life. But I do think there's something deep about our love for this season that we say every year, oh, it passed so quickly. You know, summertime was over just like that, just in a flash. All our plans and time away and rest, they just rush by us. There's something there that's not just about summer, I think. There's a poem that speaks to that moment, another one that I was sent. It's a classic, and actually, it's really good that we have it in here, because you are not allowed to have a platform in a progressive religious community without including at least one Mary Oliver poem. It is illegal (laughs) not to have it, so thank goodness it was sent to me. It's a favorite, I imagine, for some of you. The Summer Day. Who made the world? Who made the swan and the black bear? Who made the grasshopper? This grasshopper, I mean. The one who has flung herself out of the grass. The one who is eating sugar out of my hand. Who's moving her jaws back and forth instead of up and down. Who is gazing around with her enormous and complicated eyes. Now she lifts her pale forearms and thoroughly washes her face. Now she snaps her wings open and floats away. I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention, how to fall down into the grass, how to kneel down in the grass, how to be idle and blessed how to stroll through the fields, which is what I have been doing all day. Tell me, what else should I have done? Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? I have actually always found this poem kind of stressful. There you are just lying with the grasshopper in the grass, you know, being idle and blessed, which sounds great. And suddenly you are supposed to tell Mary Oliver what you plan to do with your one wild and precious life, which she's just said is going to be over soon. That is your summer project. Just figure that out, what you are going to do, wild and precious. Go. It makes getting to every jazz in the sculpture garden actually look doable. I should tell you I have not been to jazz in the sculpture garden in about... Eight years. Have we been while we were married? No. Eight years. But I think maybe, just maybe, Mary Oliver is playing with us a little bit. Playing with the type A's like me who plan out every moment of fun and rest and reimagining of themselves. Because what if the answer is already there? What if the answer is the grasshopper, the one who is eating sugar out of her hand? Although a grasshopper has never eaten sugar out of my hand, I am probably doing it wrong when I lie there with them. Maybe I could take a class this summer on that. But anyway, what if that is the answer, really? To be idle and blessed. Isn't that nice? Idle and blessed. 
It might be the answer of summer, the answer that summer offers to us, the value of nothingness. And so here's a final poem in that vein. This is by Robley Wilson, and it's called In Summer Nothing Happens. In summer, nothing happens. The girls one hungers to love have taken jobs by the sea. The friends one banters with are hauling Airstream trailers westward into the mountains. The neighbors have left only their frantic dogs, boys no one has ever seen before come to scour the kennels. A stranger on a riding mower does all the lawns together. What is the change in summer of which one expects nothing? Nature is not reborn, nor does she perish, except in the streaks of a rare elm that has outlived itself. The weather conceals nothing. The months are temperate. Even in the hardest rains, one may walk without a coat. The gardens flourish and bear without a gardener's help. Sitting in windows at night, black cats and their masters look out on summer. The moon feeds their yellow visions. The opened windows cool them. One learns to smoke a pipe and is pleased for solitude. One wants nothing to happen forever and thinks of those who perhaps are ready to die, except that it is summer and they are putting it off. A colleague of mine used this poem in her own Sunday morning last week, and she's the one who sent it to me on my Facebook page. I wondered what she thought of it, what she did with it. You know, we clergy always have to do something with poems. We have to make them mean something, as though they didn't already, as though the point of poetry wasn't that there are a lot of ways to find meaning in it. So anyway, what did she do with it? So I asked her to to send me her remarks as well. She wondered whether nothing really meant nothing in this poem. Whether the nothingness of summer in this beautiful and melancholy piece isn't the very thing we are searching for. And perhaps that's it in the end. Perhaps it's realizing that the nothing is something or that the nothing is enough that answers Mary Oliver's question. All those songs of summer with their promise of love and fun and women on your mind, well, those things are practically nothing, you know. And somehow, in summer, they are enough. Just being idle and blessed, that is enough. Maybe not just in summertime. <laughs>